when the technocracy rolls in, if you're still plugged into those systems, you're basically going to be forced to make difficult choices like, oh, I guess I have to take the vaccine now if I want to work because I didn't think ahead and I have no other form of income and I don't have any sort of group community infrastructure where we can help each other and trade. You know, But if we start building that now, we can create communities that are able to still thrive and survive and exist outside of this paradigm. You're listening to The Corbett Report. Welcome, friends. James Corbett, CorbettReport.com, in an interview that is being recorded on the 10th of November, 2020. And you will recall, uh, not so long ago, just a few months ago, we were talking to Derek Bros of the Conscious Resistance Network about the counter-economic Underground Railroad. Uh, if you don't remember that, I will redirect you to interview 1534 on the Corbett Report website where you can get up to speed on that. We're going to get some more details and some updates on that. But before we do, Derek, I want to commend you for your work on The Darkest Winter. For people who haven't seen this yet, this is a little uh, mini documentary, 12 minutes or so long, um, that people should absolutely check out if they haven't yet. Uh, it may not be new to my regular diehard core, hardcore audience that knows this type of information, but it lays it out in the best 12-minute summary that I've seen yet of the chaos that is unfolding right now and due to unfold and that they are trying to drive through. Uh, it does it really well and uh, obviously linked and sourced and uh, documented. So um, my, my hat's off to you for doing that. That is, of course, at theconsciousresistance.com. I will uh, include the link there to your website to this particular post on the darkest winter. But thank you for doing that. I appreciate it. I hope people will get it out to other people. Uh, to just tell us a little bit about how that came together and why you put that out. Yeah, of course. Well, James, you've talked about The Darkest Winter, and I write for The Last American Vagabond, and Ryan has talked about it, and Whitney Webb has done a lot of great investigations and research, and other people will have way back after 9-11 when people were, like yourself were investigating the anthrax attacks and 9-11 and the dark winter exercise. But in the context of COVID, uh, Whitney and some other people started to notice that a lot of those same players were popping up in the COVID thing. And then, of course, now we're hearing the phrase literally being repeated uh, now by the I don't even know, I guess the maybe president-elect Joe Biden. He's just said uh, the day we're recording today, he said the darkest winter again today. Um, so the, the phrase is a lot of meaning. And uh, I basically just wanted to take the great work that had already been put in an article form and written form. As you know, some people won't read, but they'll watch and vice versa. So I wanted to make sure that there was something that could collect all the good research that was out there and the stuff that I'd found and put it together in a real digestible form. And I also tried to make it kind of a call to action. Like in the beginning, I explicitly say like, you know, share this with people that you need to see it, your family and friends, but also, hey, if somebody shared this with you, watch it with an open mind. Because I just came at it with that approach. Because I think, as you said, James, we're in a very crucial time. And you know, this, I don't know what's on the horizon, but we have a lot of clues based on our research of what what's happened in the past that these simulations, these exercises often, you know, go live or they, they at least play some role in indicating the direction we're going. So I wanted to try to put the warning out to as many people as possible. And, you know, that also ties into the conversation that we're having today because, because of the darkest winter, because of the second or is it the third wave and, uh, you know, the election chaos, there's a lot of people who are concerned about leaving the United States and not just the U S people who want to leave their home country that may be acting authoritarian or whatever. And that's, what led to our last conversation and basically the creation of the Underground Railroad or the counter-economic Underground Railroad. And it's definitely booming. I will say that more and more people are getting interested now. 
Awesome. And let me just say, I appreciate that not only did you start The Darkest Winter with a call to action, but you ended it that way as well, stressing that this is about what we can actually do, knowing that this chaos has been planned. How can we actually do something proactively about it? And I think that's obviously the subject of what we're talking about here with the Counter-Economic Underground Railroad. For people who did miss our last conversation, can you just summarize what that idea is, and then we'll get the updates about how it's uh, playing out right now? Yeah, absolutely. So, of course, like go back to the first interview, probably the first one we ever did about agorism, if you need to get caught up on that and then get caught up on counter-economics. And, you know, and once you got that information, it's basically just an extension of that philosophy, the idea that, uh, well, for one, the original modern Underground Railroad that happened during slavery in the United States, where people escaped to both Canada and Mexico using a network of safe houses and often police and soldiers turning a blind eye or taking bribes and things like that, and then regular people helping them out. That itself was a, a, an act of the counter-economy, which comes from the philosophy of agorism, and, and that being so because there were laws that said it was illegal to help runaway slaves, and people chose, you know what, I'm going to disobey the state, I'm going to participate in this counter-economic action by you know, taking this money from this person to help them out, or letting them stay in my house for the night, or transporting them, or whatever it may have been. So that itself sort of is an already in line with the agorist philosophy of using the counter-economy. And I started to think about that in context of the technocracy. This is before COVID. This is as I was writing the book last year uh, that talked about this, how to opt out of the technocratic state. And just thought in my mind that there probably would be a need for something similar, not just in the United States, but in different parts of the world as the technocracy grows and as people try to get out of that. And now here we are with COVID. After, you know, I released the book in January and started talking about the idea with COVID. Things have just, you know, everything's accelerated, the technocracy, the Great Reset, all that stuff that we've been talking about. It's 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 right here in our faces. And so I decided to come to Mexico to I had kind of made the commitment to come out here looking for land. It was already a process I was involved in. But the short version is basically I came out here and a lot of other people are interested in coming to Mexico, not just Mexico. But again, I have people reaching out to me from uh, France saying they haven't been outside in four months. People from Australia saying they can't even go grocery shopping without the police checking their stuff to make sure they only have essential goods and all this insanity. So people are striving and trying to find somewhere. And I know you've covered this recently in a video that ultimately there's nowhere to like run to. I don't see it as running. I see it as building. You know, I call the strategy exit and build. So I'm out here exiting and building. Other people are seeking maybe just a temporary refuge. And over the summer, when we last talked, I started taking emails from people about the Underground Railroad and basically saying, if you want to come to Mexico, I can help you get across the border. I can offer resources, tips, ideas, and help you get to where you're going. And uh, the closer we've got to the election and more and more people hearing that phrase, the Great Reset and Dark Winter, because I do think a lot of people know this information now. A lot more people are questioning it. It's led to more and more interest. So we just completed... I guess two weeks ago now, our first caravan, I actually went back to the U.S., to Houston uh, for four days, saw some family and friends, and I had my heart-to-heart conversations about, please get some food, please get your passports, please be prepared for anything, uh, you know, kind of thing that I was encouraging people to do in darkest winter. And then we gathered a caravan. I think we had six vehicles this time, and we headed back down, and we helped. We made sure, me and my partner made sure that everybody could get across the border safely, and we traveled for two days to help people get somewhere so they can get set up. And and some people might be here for a couple of weeks, just a short vacation while they watch the election nonsense from a distance. Others are thinking of living more long-term or maybe they're headed other directions or there's, there's all kinds of variables here. But the goal basically is like, look, if you're concerned with where you're at and what's going on, if you need some, some safety to get somewhere, I can be an assistance to that. And it's definitely now a growing thing where we have a growing network of people, particularly in Mexico, but definitely people are reach, reaching out from all over the world because 
at the same time as this idea is growing, you know, we, we've been talking about freedom cells for several years together now, James, as I've been promoting it, and we've had an explosion of interest in freedom cells. We passed now, I think, close to 6,000 people on the website, which doesn't sound like a lot, but these are people who are at the point in their lives where they're ready to get connected with other people to localize, decentralize, grow their own food, you know, use alternative currencies or be prepared for what might happen if a vaccine comes their way. And, you know, so I'm seeing so much interest in solutions. And for some people, the solution is, I think I need to leave where I'm at, or at least I want to know what's what things are like in another place. Because in Mexico, at least where I'm at, you know, it's a big country with different things being handled different ways. But for the most part, nothing is locked down. And even at the height of it in March, you know, some businesses closed down, but I've never been forced to wear a mask or, you know, I go about my business everywhere I go and nobody's harassing me. So there is a level of freedom at the moment here in some places. And uh, so that's kind of what the, the Underground Railroad is. And, and, and uh, I guess I gave you the update, too. That's basically where we're at now. We've got an influx of people. Um, and I guess the latest update is that we're I'm here back in Mexico and I'm not in a hurry to get back to the border because every time I've crossed the border, I get harassed. And I don't know if it's because I'm on some list, but we get pulled out of the car. Our cars get searched. You know, I hate dealing with the U.S. border. I don't ever want to go back if I don't ever have to. You know, if I have to go cross for uh, tourist purposes, I'll go south or something because I just – Dealing with the DHS and the Border Patrol is not a fun experience that I want to have regularly. But for these purposes, we are taking trips back and forth. And so we're, we've been kind of brainstorming on when our next caravan will be. I'm thinking late December, early January, prior to the inauguration on January 20th, in case you know we're now in that period, that 10-week period, where some of these simulations said there would be chaos as Trump you know, tried to claim the election and Biden this and that or whatever. So all these things seem to be coming to fruition. And I suspect that things are going to get more confusing in the coming weeks and potentially chaotic and that there likely will be more people. I mean, as soon as Biden was was selected or, you know, the media started reporting that, I started to get messages saying, hey, so how's Mexico going? And so just people asking questions. Um, and even if you don't want to live in Mexico, if you just, again, like I said earlier, if you just need to get somewhere that you feel relatively safer, this is a part of the process too. So um, I don't know if I've said it already, but the email, if you want to get in touch, is opurr at protonmail.com. And I know James will share that, but that's basically just for Operation Underground Railroad, opurr at protonmail.com. Just contact us and we will ask a couple of questions and, and from there we'll see how we can help. And that's basically one of the things I'm committing myself to doing in addition to my journalism and, and other forms. This is, I guess, just a, a new evolution of my activism because I think it's going to become extremely important. And I do hope that as freedom cells grow, it can be a part of that network as well. Exactly right. And I'm glad you highlighted uh, that. Uh, uh, for example, I did address this recently on Questions for Corbett. Where can where can we run to? Where... I think the overwhelming message of that was this is not a light decision to be made lightly. No, if you're going to uproot and move to a new place, a new country, a new language, whatever it is, you, you better take that very seriously. Um, but I, I also said I don't know you, and that might be the best thing for you and your family. I can't give that kind of advice. If you have come to that determination that this is the best thing for you, I think this is absolutely the type of idea that we not just we don't just need Derrick Rose doing this. We need a lot of people thinking about this and, and putting this into action uh, wherever they are, in America or elsewhere around the world, um, because this is going to be important in the future. And as you say, there are two strategies that you laid out in your how to opt out of the technocratic uh, state 
great uh, book that uh, we talked about before on the program. I'll, of course, include the link so people can read it. That, as you say, you wrote last year, and it's even more relevant this year than it was last year. Uh, no surprise there. Um, and you said there were two strategies. There's exit and build, like the Underground Railroad getting out of getting out of Dodge, uh, as it were. Or And then there's, I forget what you call the other one, but hunker down and build, essentially. Um, yeah, holding down the fort. Holding down the fort. And I think both... Both things are, are necessary uh, in the sense that if you're going to move, well, okay, but once you move, you're going to have to build something there. And how do you do that? And I see that as the two sides the two sides of the coin. There's the Underground Railroad for moving to where you want to get, and then there's Freedom Cells for creating the community that you're going to need once you get there, because that is the other side of this. No one is going to be able to survive this all by themselves, all alone as the Rambo who's going to take on the entire New World Order all, you know, single-handedly. That is Hollywood predictive programming that's designed to lead you down the garden path towards uh, an, uh, a false, a dead end, essentially. No, you're going to need a community and you're going to have to figure out how to foster that. And Freedom Cells, as we've talked about before, I'll throw the link into that conversation as well, uh, where you can learn about these this idea for growing a community locally of people that you can actually interact with and hopefully get something off the ground. So there's a lot of different ideas here that are important. Um, can you speak to that, sort of the two sides of the, the coin of what's going on here? Yeah, absolutely. And so I think that freedom cells play a role in, in, in all areas, right? So I've exited and built from the U.S. from Houston because I, you know, I feel just made a choice that this is better for me in this moment. I want to come here and build and have somewhere for those who might need to leave to go to, for example, specifically my family. My family is slowly starting to listen to me when they're ready to leave the United States. If things progress as they seem to, I want there to be somewhere for them to go to. I want there to be a something to you know be a part of. So I'm working on building that now, but also still focused on how can I help in the U.S.? How can I you know, network with other freedom cells out there? And so I think it can play both uh, both roles. And also even here in Mexico, we basically started to grow freedom cells out here and uh, people who are both local Mexicans who are Spanish and English speakers, as well as people who have come from you know foreign countries who happen to be here. And we're starting to talk about getting local markets on cryptocurrency and uh, passing out information, trying to just educate the Mexican people about the lies of COVID and the dangers of the vaccines and these kinds of things. So we're trying to keep the freedom cell activity happening no matter where we're at, because that's the goal, right? Whether you choose to stay in your hometown because you think that's what's best for you or economic choices or whatever it may be that's tying you there. That's the choice you make. Well, you need to build there. And then if you choose to leave elsewhere, clearly you're going to need community. Like you were saying, James, none of us can do it alone. The lone wolf thing is really just a false idea. Um, And Konkin, Samuel Konkin, the founder of Agorism, he actually talked about this and I talked about it in uh, How to Opt Out of the Technocratic State. He had an unfinished chapter called The Counter-Economic Community and talked about this and I've sort of interpreted that to become, you know, what we've started to call freedom cells. And so the answer is definitely community. And I've noticed this recently in the past few days alone. I've had people on social media ask me, you know, you say things about opting out and exit and build and let's build the next stage. But what does that mean in a tangible way? And it, and I think it's that that's what it means. Getting connected to your neighbors, talking to your friends and family, building your freedom cells, your hubs, your pods, getting out of their education system, the banking system, all the stuff we've talked about over the years. Like that's it's crunch time now. It's time to do that because. When the technocracy rolls in, if you're still plugged into those systems, you're basically going to be forced to make difficult choices like, oh, I guess I have to take the vaccine now if I want to work because I didn't think ahead and I have no other form of income and I don't have any sort of group community infrastructure where we can help each other and trade. You know, But if we start building that now, we can create communities that are able to still thrive and survive and exist outside of this paradigm. And, and to that point, I just want to add this, that 
some of you, I'm sure, have seen the World Economic Forum, who's pushing the Great Reset. Their uh, write-up a couple years ago from 2016 about it's 2030, and I have no privacy. This is the future, and it just describes their whole world. Well, uh, my friend John Bush was revisiting that the other day and just got the seed planted in my mind that even in that paper, this person that it's the person that's written writing their perspective says, you know, the only thing that bothers me is that the, what happened to the people who just couldn't keep up with the technology or they rejected the government's policies or they didn't like that, you know, robots were taking their jobs and they've moved outside of town. They live now in 19th century buildings and these communities. I mean, even the World Economic Forum discusses the idea of people who live outside of the grid. And of course, they try to make it sound like, oh, it's so poor, those people, they couldn't keep up with technology and all the great benefits and things like that. To me, that indicates that even at the level of the great, the world, world economic forum and the great reset, they're aware that people are going to want to opt out and, and be outside of the system, but it's up to us to create that. And that's what we're focused on now. I think these sort of different underground railroads are going to be a part of that. You know, there'll be safe houses for people to go stay in, in different cities as they make their way somewhere else that they want to get to. You know, the freedom cell network will be a network where we can trade food, trade resources, barter crypto, as well as helping people out. You know, and we have those maps on the website that as they grow, for me, the idea is that somebody could essentially travel using these maps and meet other cells and meet other other like minds and get plugged into, you know, the underground economy, the counter economy. This is what Konkin predicted. And I'm just trying to do my part to bring it to life. Awesome. And uh, as you say, the counter-economic underground railroad is in operation. Uh, without uh, jeopardizing any operational security, what can you tell us about the first successful transfer? Uh, we we were we were able to get everybody across, and and like I said, we had six vehicles, a few different people within those vehicles, and we we uh, you know used some technology, walkie-talkies, and just creative things to stay in touch and to keep in touch with people. Because for me, the big thing is if you're crossing a border, you know, we know the state is this monolith, scary organization, and the people who are ordained by the state can just look at you and say, hey, this person should get locked up. To me, that's the authority that freaks me out. It's just the, the fact that these people, especially at the border, they're very heightened, at least on the U.S. side of things. Every other country I've visited, has, I've never had any issues. Things are usually very smooth. But when you're leaving uh, the U.S. or come more, more likely coming into the U.S., you know, you, you might have issues. Coming into Mexico, though, particularly, you really don't get messed with. There's not a lot of, um, like, harassment from the authorities. It's more that the process is very confusing, and, and especially if you don't speak Spanish, it's a different language. It can be confusing. And that there are people, just as in the U.S. or anywhere else, that will take advantage of people who look confused and who look like they don't know where to go. And, hey, come this way. We can give you some directions. Or, you know, so the process can be overwhelming, especially with everything going on. It's a lot to take in. People are really – we've had people – one of the couples, they drove all the way from Oregon all the way down to Texas then followed all the way down here in Mexico because they are that committed to getting away from the things that they're seeing and to trying to live more in line with their values. So. It was successful. We have uh, everybody got across. We, you know, we had some. There's a lot of details that we're basically communicating with all the people before it happens. There's a lot of variables. What kind of cars you drive and how many people are coming. Where do you plan to go? And so, uh, we're doing our best just to navigate that. But I definitely want to help anybody who has a serious interest. You know, if you're emailing this email, uh, opurr at protonmail.com, please do. You know, understand that we're not. That's not an email just to kind of ask random questions about Mexico. This is meant for people who are ready to come to Mexico to get away from what they see and what they're um, you know, watching on the horizon for whatever reason. So if that's, your, if that's you, then please do contact us. 
All right. Awesome. Well, obviously that will be in the show notes for people who want to uh, to get in touch and who are ready to take that step. For people who are still thinking about this, is there one video or one post that you have that will sort of overview of what this is and uh, that people can either use for themselves or share around to other people that they think might be interested in this idea? Yeah, I've actually, I think, recorded one or two short videos that just break it down. I'll send those over to you and we can include those because they're just, you know, a short summary of what the Underground Railroad is and just a reel to the point. If you need help, you can try to get out, come down here, reach out. And, and I, you know, if you do have questions, you can email and ask those questions. I just mean sometimes people email us just to say, hey, how are you doing? And, uh, you know, this is kind of we're, we're at the point, especially with trying to navigate all this. It's a, it's a big thing. And so um, we want to help everybody we can. Just please reach out. All right. Awesome. We're going to leave it there. Uh, As I say, all the uh, links and everything, all the information you need is going to be in the show notes. uh, So check that out. Uh, Derek Bros, thank you for the work that you're doing. Thank you, James.